Welcome to the Tej Talks podcast. Forget the property celebrities. We speak to relatable people with fascinating journeys, just like you. Hosted by Tej Singh, we bring you new stories, life-changing deals, and expert advice every week. Have you heard about inflation? No. Have you seriously heard about inflation? Not what the government tell you, not the old, oh, it's at 2%, oh, it's at 5%. Have you actually heard about inflation? Welcome everyone to the Ted Talks YouTube channel and podcast. Today I'm gonna to talk to you about what I'm invested in, why I'm invested in it, and why it's important for you to, you know, put your money in places other than your bank. Unless you like 0.01% on an interest rate. Now look, this is not financial advice. It is not financial advice. But let's talk about inflation. Now, inflation is essentially devaluing of, of currency, but how we really experiencing it, you know, and how we experience it simply is prices going up. Now, what that means is prices go up, quality and volume of product stays the same. Petrol, who remembers the price of petrol at the beginning of lockdown? Who remembers it a few months ago? Who remembers it a few weeks ago? Like petrol is crazy expensive. It's at 150, 160 right now. Petrol before was a lot cheaper than it is. You know, packs of Walker's crisps used to be way cheaper. Bread. I mean, when I go to Tesco's, other supermarkets are available. Everything is more expensive, even with a club card discount. You know, and and this is seen and felt by everyone. Now you may not realize it because it kind of creeps up. Your salary definitely doesn't. But things get more expensive. The price of living gets more expensive. Your rent goes up. You know, if you're on a, a tracker rate, potentially your, your mortgage goes up. And then eventually you start looking and thinking, hold on a minute, getting paid this much. Why do I have less and less spare every month? You know, and, and you look at kind of the property prices, they're only going up. You know, I was looking at something, you know, to live in myself and 2015, it was on sale for 265 grand. Today, 415,000 pounds. Right now, it's also house prices inflating. Right now, inflation is slowly, slowly devaluing the money you have. Right, because if you got 100 grand in your bank account, right, 10 years ago with 100 grand, you could have bought, you know, new car, put a deposit down on a house, all your shopping done for a year. Cool. Now, you're getting a smaller car, you're getting a cheaper car, you're getting a smaller house, you're getting less potatoes. Right, but. Your hundred grand is still a hundred grand. Why the heck? That's inflation, right? And there's a big complex thing here, the debt cycle, how you know the government prints money, you know, quantitative easing and how that affects inflation. I won't go into that. It's a really good book by Andrew Craig called How to Own the World. Go get it. It's here, go get it. It is so important that your money is not being devalued. Look, at the very minimum, we need to be hedging against inflation, you know? Like, it's one thing to make more than it, fine. It's a, a thing that most people do, which is lose money against inflation because you've got it in a bank account. And banks are taking your money and they're investing it. They're making loads of money off it. Why do you think bankers are well paid? Why do you think banks have nice buildings? Because they're taking the money, you know, in your bank accounts, loaning it out, doing their stuff, investing it, making money and paying you 0.001 whatever percent. And inflation was at two, apparently it's now at five. That's something else we need to talk about. If you look at the historical rises of like commodities or anything, pigs, oil, timber, um, heating oil, you know, all this kind of stuff you see on the stock market, the price of things has gone up way more than 5%, right? It's gone up way more. So when you realistically look at this, you might think, oh, well, if inflation's sort of 2% or 5%, I haven't got far to go. But bloody hell, real inflation 
is more than that. This is just a figure that the governments like to produce, right? And do your own research on this. Read this book, look online. There's plenty of plenty of resources to explain this. It has never been more important for you to look after your funds. Wages are just not increasing. House prices most definitely are. As that gap gets wider, what the hell happens? The cost of everything is going up but your salary is not. Like, just repeat that to yourself. What does that mean you have less money? Your money's worth less. So how do you hedge against this? Or how do I hedge against this? Well, I started doing this maybe uh, five years ago, maybe less, was just reading. So firstly, just educating about this, right? Not necessarily paying for any courses or anything, just reading books, reading articles, reading blogs, understanding, you know, Ray Dalio has great books on it. Warren Buffett, I'm sure, has books. You know, but how to own the world is like a great, great introduction to it. You know, you need to, in my opinion, or I need to put my money somewhere where it's going to, at the minimum, be equal to inflation so my money's not losing value. Because I don't want to put 10 grand in an account now and then in four years be like, ooh, I can buy whatever I was going to buy with it. Oh, it's not 10 grand anymore. It's, it's 12 to buy that. Oh, but, and my money's there, stagnant, losing money. So how I do it is this, a few different things. So I'm heavily invested in property. As you know, I've got the existing portfolio, I flip stuff, which some of it may end up being kept, but I have the portfolio and I've got that investment and that's cash flowing. The return on my money left in, of course the whole portfolio actually, I need to work it out, but it's easily 30, 40% plus. So I'm pretty healthy there in terms of being anti-inflationary. The next thing is that I'm really liking lately is a stocks and shares ISA and a general investment account. And ISA allows you to put 20 grand in a year, you know, it has certain tax benefits. Um, a general investment account doesn't as much. You know, again, take your own financial advice on that. This is not that. I basically try to max out my ISA allowances every single year in a stocks and shares ISA. You have cash ISAs or normal ISAs that pay you like 2%. What the hell are you doing with 2%? What are you gonna do with that? Like, question yourself. What the hell are you doing with 2%? Even if inflation was 2%, you're making zero. What do you do, right? So, you know, I'm looking at these accounts. Um, I use Nutmeg, so Nutmeg Financial, I think they're called. They're kind of like an automated, I don't wanna call it hedge fund, but an automated sort of allocation investment tool where you put in money, you say, here's my risk appetite, here's my environmentally friendly appetite, which is important, especially for the hipsters watching this. Um, they then allocate your money to various different places and you have some control over where it goes. They charge a fee, it's pretty minimal. Um, fees add up, by the way, like they really do add up. Fees are minimal. The user interface is great, nothing to really complain about. And to be fair, mine's up anywhere from 10 to 25% at any time. Yeah, it's been down, Brexit, COVID, of course, but in the long run, there's only one way that that chart is going. And something that I never really thought about is, if the price of everything is getting more, if inflation is lifting the price of everything and you own everything, because you own stocks and shares in these companies, you own commodities, you own golds, silvers, lithium, whatever it is, and the price of that is always going up because of inflation, it'd be nice to own part of what's going up, right? Because it means that, you know, your prices are going up. I'm not gonna say there aren't crashes, there aren't dips, there isn't stagflation and deflation, all this kind of stuff that happens, right? I'm not saying that. But if you just look at the historical charts, you know, it makes sense, um, and it makes sense for me that I've invested in these things. So, got an account with Nutmeg. Uh, I've also got one with Money Farm. Basically the same thing as Nutmeg, different interface, different company. I'm probably up 10 to 15% most counts on that. It's a lower risk than the nutmeg one, which is higher risk. Also got a personal pension, or I believe it's called a SIP, with nutmeg, which is higher risk, because it's long-term, like long, long-term, so let it, let them you know, go to town with it. And that's up probably even more. And I've then got Moneybox, which is a really nice app on your phone, and you can also do roundups. So 
let's say you spend 4.99, it will round up everything to the next pound and take it out of your account with your permission every month. So instead of having to try to save, you can automatically try and save. Well, it does it for you in a way. So I like Moneybox, really easy to use app. Uh, you know, again, very nice sort of percentage return on that. It does dip, it does go up and down. That's also where I'd say a majority of my flipped funds are gonna go. So when these two sell, when the next ones come in, a chunk of that is gonna just go straight into them and see you later. Because I'm happy with the returns. Um, you know, I can pick stocks individually and I know how to and I'm learning how to and I'm not gonna do that yet. Just because I wanna have, you know, 50K, 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 for example, in these three different apps, in these, in these kind of managed funds, and then I'm gonna look at, okay, with everything that's left, everything that's generated, what specific companies am I gonna put in for the next five years plus, right? So with Moneybox, I've actually allocated certain things into kind of gold and silver and actually taken more control, I suppose. I think they've added more specific funds or trackers you can invest in. So I've kind of actually taken a little bit more control there and put things in certain pots, like a bit more in gold, a bit more in silver, uh, and a few, I think I did put it in biotechnology and kind of aging technology. Again, things which I think, given the market, given the world, are gonna make money and are gonna be important for the future. Another thing I invest in, you know, which is, I wouldn't say fairly heavily, I'd say maybe 25%, 30% of kind of net worth is in crypto. Obviously at the moment, we're all laughing slash crying because it's in the red massively, um, but keep calm, buy the dip to the moon. Uh, no, look, I'm not a maxi, I'm not a mini, I'm just like, I invest in it because certain cryptos make sense. Uh, and my friend D Ludlow, of course, helps me with that. Crypto has definitely been a great investment, whether it's the NFTs I've been buying and selling, so big up Onkar from Chronicle for helping with that as well, or just the, the staking I'm doing on some of these cryptos to earn kind of passive income, even some staking on GBP. With Nexo, I stake GBP at 8%, I think it was 10 or 12% before when they had the introductory rates. So there are ways to make money on your money, and actually, some of the Nexo stuff on GBP, read about their security, make your own mind up about it. Crypto is something I'm definitely interested in. I think it's the future. It's just obviously new. There's obviously a lot of hype. You know, we don't necessarily really know where we are, you know, um, but I think the technologies they're bringing, the way it's working, the way tech is going, it makes sense. And it makes sense as well, right? So invested in crypto and I want to continue that pending kind of where we are and where we're going, because if we're in a place that I don't like where it's going, then I'll withdraw the money and put it somewhere else, you know, or I'll hold it and say, right, this is long-term, you know, what are we now doing in the short term? I've also invested in a vehicle. I tell myself I have. Um, I have a car, it's a Mercedes CLK 63 AMG. If you know what it is, then you know that they're pretty uncommon. Um, the combination I have is, is pretty uncommon as well. And also, so is the mileage. And before this electric car stuff comes in, which I'm all for, by the way, yes, it might be a 6.2 litre V8, but I do like the environment. Um, although my petrol bills are different. I kind of bought it as actually because of where we're heading and because of the rarity and also because of the specificity of this engine, which, you know, if you know Mercedes M156, they go crazy for it. It is beautiful. So I kind of bought that because I love it and before I get forced to do electric, but also I'm kind of hedging a bit of money there and in the kind of researched hope um, that it will hold some value. And look, you know, depending on how long I keep it, could potentially go up in value to certain people. You know, it's not something that everyone's gonna be interested in or everyone's gonna buy. It's not like a Ferrari Testarossa where it's like, actually, it's a pretty big market for it. It is a little bit more niche, but, you know, this is just one of the potential investments. And I'm gonna do a different video on that car and I'm gonna show you around it all sorts because it's, it's pretty cool. But I also wanna talk about the monetary situation with the car and why I bought it with cash. 
oh, you can't make anything with cash, everything's gotta be leveraged, good debt, bad debt. I know, I agree with you, stupid. But I'll talk to you about that separately. I also bought a personalized number plate. Um, again, this is not gonna lose money, not necessarily gonna gain money, although it is the last of its type with my name in it. Um, I know that it will sell um, because Indians, we love number plates, right? Go to South or you see what I'm talking about. So it will sell um, and it will hold its value. So again, somewhere to store money, but also something that I, I quite like. Um, my neighbor said he liked it this morning, so there we go. Um, those are the main things that I'm invested in at the moment. Obviously, like I said, when the flip profits come in, we'll put more in crypto, we'll put more in stocks and shares, my ISAs and my GIAs. But all I'm asking you to do is do your own research, right? Read the books, go online, listen to podcasts, just educate yourself financially because you didn't learn it in school. You're not necessarily gonna learn it from anyone, you know, parents, family, friends, unless they are doing the same thing. So you need to go out there, educate yourself, understand what's happening, and most importantly, make sure you hit the subscribe button. If you like this podcast, connect with Tej on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube for more great content.